Heavenly Father, we want to again confess, as we've already confessed, how good it is to come to your house. Father, we thank you for this house. Father, we thank you for this meeting place. Father, we thank you for the hundreds, the thousands who have met your Son, Jesus Christ, in this house. Father, we thank you for the hundreds more who have, have just come here and had a fresh touch from you. And Father, we thank you and we praise you that all over the world today Christians are meeting. Meeting each other. Meeting with you. Father, we thank you so much for your word. Thank you so much for your Holy Spirit. And we ask Almighty God that you would open your word to us and speak to us by your Holy Spirit. In Jesus' name, Amen. Amen. The title of my sermon tonight is very short. Don't miss church. There's a true story which was told by the uh, preacher, the great Dr. Martin Lloyd-Jones. He was, of course, a very famous doctor, and he gave up his medical career, and first he went to Wales, uh, where he ministered in a small church. And at that time of his ministry, a young man we'll call Gareth was converted. He became a Christian. Many years later, Dr. Martin Lloyd-Jones, of course, had moved to Westminster Chapel, and there for many, many years he preached to thousands. Every Friday and every Sunday and every Sunday twice a day. None of this one church a day business, twice a day. And he would always preach the gospel every week. Every week of his life he believed the gospel had to be preached. Gareth unfortunately stopped going to church. And he also came to London. And so deeply did he fall into sin that he decided to take his own life. And he went to Westminster Bridge where he was going to jump and finish it all. He happened to be there on a Sunday evening around 6.30. And 
just as he was about to jump off the bridge, he realized that the doctor would be climbing into his pulpit. So he said, I'll just go one more time to church. It took him six minutes to get from Westminster Bridge to Westminster Chapel. And just as he entered the door, the doctor was praying. And his prayer was, God have mercy on the backslider. Gareth, as he heard that, he believed that God was speaking directly to him. He went forward at the end of the service. He told the doctor he was a backslidden Christian. He gave his life back to Jesus. And later he became a deacon in a London church. It's a true story. Gareth's life was saved literally because he went to church. That was where God spoke to him. He didn't speak to Gareth on the way to the bridge. He didn't speak to Gareth on the bridge. He didn't speak to Gareth as he was walking from the bridge to the church. He spoke to Gareth in the church. The church is the place of God's special speaking. Of his special activity. Of his special presence. It is just by going to church that so much can happen to our souls. Listen to Martin Lloyd Jones himself on this subject. The house of God has delivered me from the mumps and measles of the soul a thousand times or more. By merely entering its doors. You see, there's an atmosphere here. This is the place where people meet with God. And hasn't that been your experience too? It's certainly been mine. I have come to this very building with a cold heart and a confused head. But then through the worship, through the preaching, and especially through the fellowship of other Christians, my heart has warmed and my head has cleared. Just by coming to church. 
So this evening I want us to look at an a between Easter and Pentecost passage. Yes, I saw Kuznets is Nerka Isel Mihatvats Asutashin Shum Vurte Vurte Terrielnenum Zadki a Pentecosti Michel. And it's a passage that shows how absolutely vital it is for the followers of Jesus Christ to come to church. And to keep on coming to church. Let's read it in John 20. Verse 19 to 28. On the evening of that day, that was the day of resurrection, the first day of the week, in case you don't know which the day of the resurrection is, he's stressing it, on the evening of that day, the first day of the week, the doors being shut where the disciples were for fear of the Jews, Jesus came in and stood among them and said to them, Peace be with you. Ait kiraki ora, yerekoyan, hatkapes thoman nishes for ait kiraki orne, harutsan ora, ait kiraki ora, yerekoyan, yer pasha gertner, miasin havak velein, yev derner nein pakel, vachenal of herja reka varneritz, hisus yekav, kangnets nuns meshtere, when he had said this, he showed them his hands and his side. Then the disciples were glad when they saw the Lord. Jesus said to them again, Peace be with you. As the Father has sent me, even so I send you. Հիսուսը դարձյալ ասաց նրանց, ողջույն ձեզ, ինչպես իմ հայրն ինձ ուղարկեց, ես էլ ուղարկում եմ ձեզ. And when he had said this, he breathed on them and said to them, Receive the Holy Spirit. Ապա պչեց նրանց վրա և ասաց, Արեք սուրպոքին։ if you forgive the sins of any, they are forgiven. If you retain the sins of any, they are retained. Now Thomas, one of the twelve, called the twin, was not with them when Jesus came. So the other disciples told him, We have seen the Lord. But he said to them, Unless I see his hands, the print of the nails, and place my finger in the mark of the nails, and place my hand in his side, I will not believe. Eight days later, his disciples were again in the house, and Thomas was with them. 
The doors were shut, but Jesus came and stood among them and said, Peace be with you. Ute or heto asha gernere darcial havak velein nersum yev tovmas nelnerans heter. Teyev dernere pakein hisus yekav yev kangnes nerans meshtega yev asats vochjoinzes. Then he said to Thomas, Put your finger here and see my hands, and put out your hand and place it in my side. Do not be faithless, but believing. Apa asats tofmasin hisusa, ber komata dirajstev yevtes im zerkera, ber kozerka yev diptru im korin, an havat miegir al havatatsal. Thomas answered him, My Lord and my God. Tofmasa batsakanchets, ter im yev astvatsim. Amen. Before focusing on the central truth of this passage and then looking at it in more detail, I just want to again draw your attention to the time setting of the story. And for those who are just coming in as we're reading, it's the passage in John chapter 20, and it's the story of how the disciples met on the first day of the week, and then the story of Thomas. And the time setting is in the beginning of verse 19. The writer wants to make it very clear. He, he says on the evening of that day. Which day? It was the day of resurrection. Then it then says the first day of the week. So it's the Sunday. The context of the story is Sunday. So Everything new starts on Sunday. This is the, the first Christian meeting that we have. It happens on a Sunday. Sunday is the most precious day for Christians. It's the day when we remember the resurrection. It's not an ordinary day for us. So, I want us to bear in mind that this story happens on Sunday. And then in verse 26, the writer wants to show us that the next meeting happens about a week later. So this is a story about Jesus appearing to his disciples, but it's a story for Christians. And ladies and gentlemen, what does the Apostle want to say to Christians? He wants to say this. Missing church on Sunday is a disaster for the Christian. 
None of this wishy-washy stuff. Oh, I can come to church if I feel like it. I don't feel like it. The writer is saying, forget all of that stuff. Missing church on Sunday is a disaster. Capital D. It is not an option for the Christian. And the passage shows us Amen. Amen, okay. And there are there are three aspects as three aspects to this disaster. And, and what are they? The first aspect, the first characteristic of this disaster is 19 to 23. So much is missed. Welcome, welcome. Right the no, 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 not at the back. No one's no, come, 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 come. Welcome, welcome. Please come. <laughs> Please take the more comfortable seats. No, no, those ones are <laughs> the comfortable comfortable the, f- the first thing is you just miss so much. Look what you miss if you miss going to church, according to these verses. These disciples, it's, 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 they, they come, they're coming to meet together. It's the, it's the first day of the week. They are going to make sure that they come together. Sure, times are difficult. The doors are locked. There's a lot of fear. Sure, there aren't many of them. Maybe 11, maybe with some of the ladies it's gone up to 20. It's not a big meeting. They say to themselves, on Resurrection Day, on Sunday, the best place to be is church. Because what is out there in the world? There's fear out there. There's loneliness out there. There's despair out there. There's hostility out there. There's nothing in the world. But when a few Christians get together, that is life. But the Christians have to come together. The Christians have to get out of their home, they have to make the journey, and they have to gather together. And that's what those first Christians did. And by the way, the numbers were irrelevant. They weren't phased by the low numbers. They came together. And look what happens. Jesus came. That's what happened. 
You have to go to church. Եթե դուք ուզում եք վայելել Հիսուսի ներկայությունը, դուք պիտի հաճախեք եկեղեցին։ The New Testament knows nothing of this individualistic Christianity. It does not exist. Նոր կտակարանը չի ճանաչում անհատական վերաբերմունք քրիստոնեության մեջ, դա գոյություն չունի։ Jesus said, I will be there when two or three gather in my name. ներկա, երբ երկու կամ երեք հոգի հավաքված է իմ անվան շուրջ դուք պիտի հավաքվեք որպեսի հիսուսը երևա and he comes he doesn't just and he comes and he stands he stood among them հիսուսը գալիս եւ կանգնում է իրենց մեջը i think some people think that jesus's presence is like a flickering light ես կարծեմ շատերը պատկերացնում են հիսուսի ներկայությունը որպես մի լույս որը համարիա գրեթե մոխիր է դառնում now he's here Now he's not. Now he's here. Now he's not. Oh, he's just come. Now he's gone away. No, no. Ինքը ներկա է հետո բացակայում է։ Ներկա է հետո բացակայում անընդհատ այդ վիճակում։ Jesus has been in this meeting as soon as we started. Ես ասեմ ձեզ, որ Հիսուսը ներկա է եղել այս հանդիպման մեջ։ Hence Jesus among them. That means he's there. I'm not going anywhere. He's standing there. Ինքը կանգնեց իրենց մեջ, ինքը ներկա էր, ինքը ոչ մի տեղ չեր գնալու, չեր բացակայելու and he speaks yevinka khosets peace vokhchuin peace be with you vokhchuin zez khagagutsum zez those the words of the risen christ harutsan harutsun arats christosi khoskera peace to your troubled conscience khagagutsum zer mtahok khkherin peace to your loneliness khagagutsum kho miyanakutsana peace to your weeping grief khagagutsun yev vokhchuin peace քո հոգերի մեջ քո վախերի մեջ the word of jesus christ at the first christian meeting and the word of jesus christ at the last christian meeting will be peace քրիստոսի խոսքերը առաջին հանդիպման ժամանակ քրիստոնյաների եւ նաեւ վերջին հանդիպման ժամանակ քրիստոնյաների դինելու են նույնը ողջույն եւ խաղաղություն and those disciples might be thinking Well, what do you mean how can you say peace to us Եվ աշակերտները մի գուցե մտածում են ինչպես կարող ես դու մեզ ողջունես խաղաղություն Մենք քեզ դավաճանել ենք մեզ լքեցինք We denied you Մենք քեզ ուրացել ենք We didn't stay awake with you Մենք արդուն չենք մնացել քո կողքը ինչպես կարող ես դու մեզ խաղաղություն մախտել Maybe this is just our feelings being manipulated Maybe we're just thinking that Jesus is here saying peace It's not real Ուղակի խափում ենք եւ մեր զգացմունքների հետ խաղում է Հիսուսը Մի գուցե Հիսուսը նույնիսկ այստեղ չեմ ես հետ How can we know deep 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 down that Jesus is saying peace to us Ինչպես մենք սրտի խորքում համոզվենք որ Հիսուսը մեզ մախտում է իրոք խաղաղություն Look what he does in verse 20 Դես ինչը անում Հիսուսը 20-րդ համարում He shows his hands and his side. Ինքը իր ձերքերը եւ իր կողն է ցույց տալիս. That's how we know. Դրանով մենք գիտակցում ենք. In the first Christian meeting, առաջին հանդիպման ժամանակ քրիստոնյաների, there is peace, կա խաղաղություն, and he shows his hands and his side. Երբ ցույց է տալիս իր ձերքերը եւ իր կողը, and he says peace again. Նորից ասում է դրանից հետո խաղաղություն. Peace, խաղաղություն, the cross, խաչը 
There are different levels of peace. When you come to church, yes, you'll sense peace at the beginning of the meeting. But then as the cross of Jesus Christ is preached, the love of God on the cross for you, as again it dawns on you that God really, really, really loves you. That your sins are forgiven. That the Holy Spirit does live in your heart. That nothing can separate you from the love of God in Jesus Christ. Then the peace goes deeper. Because again we understand about the lamb who was led to the slaughter. Wounded for our transgressions. Bruised for our iniquities. The Lord laid on him the punishment that we all deserve. And in the early church, of course, what they did every week, they broke bread. They had Holy Communion. I never quite understand why the modern church thinks that we can just have Holy Communion. I mean, some of them have it very rarely, but in the early church they had Holy Communion Every week. And so every week, they would take the they would the bread would be broken. And every week, the wine would be sipped. That is a sacrament. That is when the church really meditates and understands and God works through the bread and the wine. It's not, they're not just symbols. The bread and the wine, it's not just a bit of bread from Tesco's and a bit of Ribena juice from Tesco, value Tesco, whatever. It's not that. It's not that. It's God's Holy Spirit is working through those sacraments to show people the cross. So it's as the church comes together, as the church hears the preaching of Christ, as the church takes Holy Communion, so the church says again, yes, Christ died for my sins. Christ has reconciled me to God. I, and, and, and then the joy begins. That's what it says in verse 20. It says, Then the disciples were glad. Then they were glad. Not before they saw the, 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 the scars of the cross, but after they saw the scars of the cross, then they are glad. First the Holy Communion, then the joy. I had a vivid experience of this a couple of weeks ago in Austria. 
In a simple room, we took Holy Communion. And we reminded that we must not be like Judas and eat the bread with a deceitful heart. If we take the bread, we have to have an honest heart. And people started crying. People started sobbing as they realized they were taking the body of Christ. And then the joy started to break through. And we didn't have to say the Lord is among us. His presence was almost tangible. Why? Because of the Holy you know, I'm sorry, but there's a false type of Christianity going around, and it even impacts ICF. This type of Christianity, it's just all about religious excitement. And people are just wanting some superhero Christ to come down and lift them up and take them on some sort of exciting fairy, you know, some sort of circus ride, and that's it. And there's lots of shouting. And there's lots of waving of stuff to bring joy like it down from heaven, to bring joy down from heaven. I tell you, according to the scriptures, joy doesn't come down from heaven. Joy comes up from the cross. It's when Christians really eat and drink the cross, then the joy begins to flow. You can't have joy without the cross. What is this? They say it's just by faith. No. It's through the cross of Jesus. You know, you can go into some churches in America and do you know what is at the centerpiece? Not the cross, a set of drums. Just a big We're not in the entertainment business, brothers and sisters. Make show business The church isn't here to entertain people. We have one message only. Let the Greeks demand the signs, or the Greeks demand the wisdom, let the Jews demand the signs, but we preach Christ. And then the joy will flow. 
ցանկանում he again breathes on them the Holy Spirit and then he sends them out. He sends them out to bring in others to experience the forgiveness of sins. That's actually what happens at the end of the Anglican Communion service. The priest says, go and serve the Lord. So this is what you miss if you don't go to church. You miss Jesus coming and standing among you. You miss hearing his voice. You miss again understanding the depth of the cross. You miss being filled with joy. You miss being touched again by the Holy Spirit. You miss being sent out to the workplace. Isn't it a disaster if you miss church? And, and this isn't some special Christian meeting. This is a normal Christian meeting. It's an ordinary Christian meeting. So that is why on Sunday the Christian must be in church for this every week. That's the first reason why it's a disaster if you miss church. But there's a second reason in this passage. Verses 24 to 25. And here's the second reason. If you miss church, your negatives will get worse. Whatever problem you have in your life, whatever problem you have in your character, if you don't go to church, it might not get better if you go to church, actually it probably will, but if you don't go to church, it will definitely get worse. Now these disciples, they go out, as they've been told to in verse 23, and guess who they first of all want to grab in? One of their own who wasn't there. 
Thomas should have been there. And he's missed church. Well, I'm going to see him on Monday or Tuesday or Wednesday. Thomas, we saw the Lord on Sunday. Where were you? Now, maybe you know somebody. You know, you, obviously, we want the church to grow. I don't believe God is sending you tonight to go and find some Eskimos to come to this church. But maybe you know a Thomas. Maybe you know someone who should be here. And if you go out of this meeting tonight when Brother Edward gives the blessing and you believe the Holy Spirit is sending you out, why don't you phone up that Thomas? Say, Say the, Lord, the Lord was there last night. We wanted you to be there. Now, this Thomas here in the passage is a difficult one. As I said, his negatives have got worse. Jesus wants to go and heal Lazarus in Judea, and Thomas basically says, Oh, I suppose we've got to go with him and die with him there. He always thinks the worst. You all know people like that. There's a drop of rain, they say it's going to pour all week. They get into a bit of traffic jam, they say they're going to miss the meeting. That's his weakness. We, or everyone's got their weakness, and some people are just born with a negative streak. That's Thomas. But look how much worse it's got. So the other disciples told him, We've seen the Lord. And there's something very defiant in his tone. There's something hard there. Unless I boom, 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 I, 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 I won't believe. That's what happens when people don't go to church. A spiritual hardness creeps in. And then he is divisive. He's saying to the other disciples, I'm no longer with you. I'm not going to believe you. I don't want to be a part of this team anymore. And really he's mocking them. 
He's being very dismissive of them. He's really saying you're seeing things. I'm only going to believe if I put my hands onto his uh, wounds. You know, I don't think Thomas at this stage in his life is a very pleasant character. And that's what always happens to people if they stop going to church. Of course, we won't see it here because people don't show their true selves. But you ask their husbands and their wives and people will say, since they stopped going to church. The laziness got worse. The language got worse. The cheating got worse. The lying got worse. The lusting got worse. Worse, worse, worse. Because he didn't go to church. There's a third and final aspect of this disaster. 26 to 28. Just imagine if Thomas had not gone to church again. What would have happened to him? He wouldn't have survived. His faith was already that low. The devil would have come along and snuffed him out. And that is what so easily happens. People stop going to church. And before you know it, they've backslid. Satan's demons have swept them up, chewed them up, and spat them out for hell. He has no mercy. He is like a roaring lion. And he especially goes after people who don't go to church. And Thomas really has about a week to decide, am I going to go to the next meeting, yes or no? If Gareth had not gone to Westminster Chapel that evening, he would have died. And I'm sure there are some people who need to come to this meeting. They've given their lives to the Lord when they are younger. They've gone away from Him and they, and they are heading for disaster. But if they come back to this church, if they give their lives to the Lord again, all will become new. And that is what happened to Thomas. Thomas came back. Again, notice please that the meeting is exactly the same. The doors are shut. Jesus comes. What's the message? Exactly the same. 
Peace be with you. They had it last week. They need it this week. Don't you need it this week? I need it this week. The piece of last week is not going to be enough for this week. I need it this week. So he gives it. And again he shows his hands and his side. They had it last week. Oh, we don't need it this week. Oh, yes, you do. What's all this rubbish that Christian meetings have to change? What is it? It's a lot of nonsense. The Christian meeting doesn't have to change. This was the first Christian meeting and I think it's a perfect Christian meeting. There's no need to change the meeting. This is a great meeting. And look what happens to Thomas. Here's the irony. He comes to be with other people. But Jesus deals with him individually. Hallelujah. He just has to come. And then for Thomas, the big problem was his doubt, and Jesus actually takes his hand and says, okay, you can, you can actually feel it. What you wanted, I'll do for Again, it was the cross of Christ that melted Thomas's heart. And he's the most negative person in the New Testament. He gives the best confession in the New Testament. My Lord and my God. We leave Thomas worshipping. Let's thank God tonight for the church. Let's thank God tonight for this church. This is not an ordinary building. Nor is this a place for religious entertainment. Nor is this a place for magical tricks. Nor is this a place for cheap slogans. This is a meeting place. This is where fellow believers meet with each other. But it's a meeting place where Jesus comes and stands among us. It's a meeting place for sinners with a holy God. It's a meeting place where week by week we understand that Jesus Christ died on the cross for my sins. Jesus' hands were pierced with nails for my sins. Jesus' side was pierced with a spear for my sins. That's the love of God for you. It happens in church. Do you really believe God loves you? Do you really, really believe He loves you? Or are you just here because you're an Armenian? God's love for you is much, much more than just because you're an Armenian. 
God loves you because he sent Jesus to die on the cross for you. That's God's love for you. It's got nothing to do with you being Armenian or English or African or anything. God loves you because you are created in his image. That's the message of this church. We have no other message. Christ crucified. The body broken for you. The blood shed out for you. And then the joy. It's true. It's true. Hallelujah, it's true. And the Holy Spirit comes not separate from the cross. We sink at the cross and we rise with the joy of the Holy Spirit. No cross, no Holy Spirit. And then from here we go out. Those 11 or 20 disciples on that first Sunday, they went out. And now the church of Jesus Christ is the largest and greatest and most beautiful place on earth. And I have no doubt at all that the same Jesus is here tonight. The same Holy Spirit is here tonight. And the doors have been shut. But in half an hour now, they'll be open. And he'll send you out. And I believe that maybe this week you'll come across a Thomas. Or a Peter and you'll say, Jesus was in Chiswick last week. Come. You need to come to that meeting. You need to go to church. Because if you miss church, it's a disaster. Amen. Praise the Lord for this blessing. And we need to give the CD of this, uh, of this sermon to all the people who are absent today. We'll send it to everyone. And then we'll say, if you have any questions, just ask Tom. And uh, and I'd like us to pray now that God gives us a special thirst for these meetings. This morning I was telling someone. I was telling someone this morning that because of this reason, that reason, I can't always go to the to that meeting. And I, I said to that person, would you be offended if I gave you the, the main reason? 
And uh, he said, do you know what it is? I said, yes, I know. I told that person who wasn't coming to church, I said, the main reason you don't come is because you've lost your thirst, you've lost your desire for the house of God. I knew that person when he was engaged. And he was, and he was, he was never, he never gave up missing his fiancée. And he was always early to meet his fiancée. I don't know how he managed to find the time, but he always found the time. And so we prayed this morning together. I didn't know that was going to be Tom's message. And then we pray that God would give back that thirst and that desire. When Tom was preaching, I remembered something else. I remember that in Korea, in Yongi Cho's church, someone asked Yongi Cho, what's the secret of the success of your church? He said, it's in our radiators. But the person said, how come a radiator is a secret of, of your success? He said, tomorrow, I'll show you how our radiators work. Our radiators really heat the church well. And then the guy came the next day and he saw lots of people in the church with passion praying to God. These are our radiators, he said. If you stay away from these radiators, you'll grow cold. So let's pray that God gives us that thirst. That we really thirst that we come with thirst and with joy, with pleasure, and with purpose, and that we might come knowing why we are coming, that we might come and receive the portion which God has prepared for us. Let's pray now together, first for ourselves, and then for others. Hallelujah. Father God, Let's all stand during this prayer. Praise you for today's message. I'm thankful to you for Tom. That you spoke through him to our hearts. Lord, we all have this difficulty. That we get tired of coming to church. It doesn't give us the same pleasure it used to give us. Maybe sometimes it's boring for us and our minds are somewhere else. Maybe other places are more pleasurable for us than your house. Maybe we become lazy of being part of your, of your house. 
Çor partakanuçun lini merhamar. Of der ais bolore tu kites. Oh Lord, you know all this. Vogor mirmezi. Have mercy on us. Hagatsumem kezanits. I ask you God. Mermatatsela kerp pokhir. Change our mentality. Mertesaketu yekegetsu ante pokhir. Change our perspective towards the church. Togor imanank vor inche yekegetsu kalu napatak. May we know why we are coming to church. Togor imanank vor amen ankam men kaliseng vor kezi Հայրաստվածն I pray not just for ourselves but those for those who come rarely to church. Help us Lord to help them be revived in this area as well. Lord I'm sure you hear our prayer. I'm sure you will do something new in us. Especially during Pentecost week. In the name of Jesus, change our lives. And we ask this in the name of Jesus. Amen. Amen. We want to sing a song about this thirst. We'll just sing the chorus together.
Der Jesus Christus May the grace of the Lord Jesus Christ, the love of God and the fellowship of the Holy Spirit be with us all now and evermore. Amen.